You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, we're kicking off 2024 with a bang with the rebel doctor himself, Dr. Patrick Flynn. Dr. Flynn is a fellow chiropractor and truth teller. He's been deplatformed several times off social media and he always comes back stronger. He teaches common sense medicine and keeps it simple. We had an excellent time talking today about so many important health topics and I really enjoyed this one. I know you will too. Let's jump in. I've never been big on skincare, but recently started getting more serious as the signs of aging are definitely showing. I've recently started using an incredible skincare line and I'm excited and wanted to share with you. The past few years, my skin has been doing this annoying combo between an allergic prickly heat rash and a perimenopausal rosacea and it drives me nuts. My buddy Andy Nilo owns a skincare line and so I reached out to him for help. Andy is the best dude and he kindly sent me a big box of products to try and let me just say, wow, I am in love with Alatura skincare. Each and every product from Alatura is a game changer for my skin. The products feel amazing and my skin is calm and clear again. Alatura is handcrafted natural skincare. Their mission is simple, to provide customers a skincare wellness experience with products made of superior natural ingredients packed with nutrients, minerals, and natural growth factors. Alatura is the skincare line I've been looking for and it checks all the boxes. It's all natural, cruelty-free, non-toxic, non-GMO, and as organic as possible. Listeners of the Dr. Tina Show can now save 20% off your first order by heading to alatura.com. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com. And be sure to use code Dr. Tina at checkout for the discount or simply click the link in the show notes. You're going to love it. You've likely heard that certain supplements are nature's ozempic. And while that's not entirely true, there are certain molecules that do help turn on our own natural endogenous production of GLP-1. The supplement that I prefer due to its multiple beneficial actions and supported by lots of data is sodium butyrate. Butyrate can impact the hormone GLP-1 by altering the behavior of certain cells in our gut that naturally produce GLP-1. Butyrate doesn't directly communicate with GLP-1, but it does change how these cells operate. Think of butyrate like a switch that can turn on or off the production of GLP-1 by affecting the genes and elements inside these cells. Sodium butyrate also supports healthy blood sugar regulation and metabolic health by promoting balanced insulin sensitivity and optimizing the body's utilization of glucose. And my favorite brand of sodium butyrate is by BodyBio. Right now, you can save 20% off when you head to bodybio.com and use the code DRTINA20 at checkout. That's bodybio.com and code DRTYNA20 at checkout. Dr. Patrick Flynn, thank you so much for coming on the Dr. Tina Show today. I am delighted to have you here. You are a bit of a legend in my opinion. So thanks so much for coming on today. Dr. Tina, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to actually share some great thoughts with you. And we're on such the same page. It's it's great to talk to like-minded people. Yeah, yeah. You were just telling me off the air how you've been booted off virtually every platform. So I uh, we are kindred spirits. <laughs> I uh, oh, I forgot to tell you, I I applied for YouTube monetization, and within seconds, I got an email back that said you've been denied because your content is harmful to people. I was like, oh, really? And I had only posted the vanilla stuff on YouTube. <laughs> so. Yes, yes, but that that even today sounds controversial. Yeah, apparently telling the truth uh, makes us harmful to people. So that's fun. Anyway, um, I love your, I follow you most actively on Instagram. I don't, you just got taken off TikTok with millions of followers, which is like so crazy. But 
I love your posts and I most notably love your posts about women, women's metabolic health. That's, you know, my audience is middle-aged women who we just want to stay hot and happy. Like we lift weights, we take care of ourselves, we eat the meat, you know, we're interested in keeping our hormones balanced. So really wanted to talk to you about that today. I think we're very much on the same page about sugar. And I know you're doing a a stop sugar kind of challenge right now in January, which I think is brilliant. So anyway, all of those things. Um, You made a post several months ago that really caught my attention. You said that you don't think that women should have a six pack or that they're optimally healthy with a six pack, something like that. I'd love for you to uh, extrapolate on that. Yeah. And I want to share this. I'm hoping that people don't um, uh, care what I think. Okay. And let me explain why. Is because I'm just going to present just some basic composition, anatomy, physiology, biochemistry of the body. And so therefore, because like you and I, Doc, we have a different perspective so that when we approach it, because a lot of people don't realize this, is people are programmed to think certain ways. And the nice thing about with our educational background, we have a different perspective on it so we can see things and look at things differently. So the, the, the post that you're talking about um, just came from the, an observation of how the body works and what goes on. And so I just looked at the the society and culture of today and what they're doing with women is it's 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 backfiring. It's actually causing them to be even more sick. And I understand that when they post and say, listen, a, a woman should have a six pack, I'm like going, okay, let's take back and see from the perspective. I know what they're talking about. They want people a little bit more fit, things like this. But then I just some just some basics, let's just go some basic anatomy. Um that's you know, it's really funny. I'm a male, okay? And you're a female. I don't care how um, well I take care of my skin. I'm big on skincare. It's still never going to look as good as a woman's. Do you know why? Because by nature, by just by being in the female anatomy and physiology, you have a higher level of subcutaneous fat, which gives that, that beautiful contour, your skin, the softness, everything about it. It's just gorgeous, Okay. Dudes don't have that stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? And actually, the only way they have that is if they start to come healthy. But the idea is this: by nature, um, we're going to be down to a certain fat level if we're healthy, and you're going to see certain definitions of our body. You're going to see our our our, our butt's going to look different than yours. Do you know what I'm saying? Our abs are going to look different. Our shoulders are going to look different. Our arms are going to look different. And I'm just coming from a simple standpoint of just the normal percentages on the averages across the world that if you get to a six pack, ladies, you're going to be deficient in subcutaneous fat. And, and people don't realize this. Adipose tissue is an endocrine gland. It's even classified yeah. that way because there are hormonal changes. There are metabolic changes that adipose tissue does contribute to. So what I noticed, what I noticed by taking care of millions of patients is the fact that when women push themselves to the point where they lost that subcutaneous and the adipose tissue, it affected their hormonal system. It affected the things that, and even, and even that's why we always hear this. You know, women can work out so hard, they get amenorrhea. Well, yep. well but you know, and, and we can even take young ladies who actually exercise too much, like, like somebody that pushes their physical activity, like a swimmer or a runner, that all of a sudden the young lady is common to lose her cycle. That's common, it doesn't mean it's normal. So therefore I said, listen, I, and, and of course, you know, obviously I'm like, um, I had all these fitness women that call me up as far as for, as far as for patients, my whole career. And you talk about media, 
They're on there with their short shorts and their belly sticking out and their boobs and their halter top and stuff like that and showing their six pack. And they're like, look at me, follow me. And I'm like going, and then they call me up behind closed doors and say, doc, I, I can't have a baby. Doc, I'm actually not menstruating. Doc, this, this, this. I'm psychologically having problems that way. I'm like, well, number one, look at what you're doing to your body. You're, you're actually working against, because here's what happens. If you just did things normally, that subcutaneous fat would go in those certain places and you wouldn't see that six pack. So it's not really like what I think. I'm sitting there going, let's just look at what happens to the female biochemistry and physiology and anatomy. It's so true. I had an experience early on in early practice and uh, it was a woman who just had liposuction on her abdominal area. So she basically had her, her little pooch sucked out and she went batshit crazy on me. And like, just unhinged. I mean, she basically threw herself into menopause and I was like, what is going on? And I ran her hormones again, because I'd already ran her hormones to compare. She was on some bioidentical hormones, but they were, it was a mess. Everything tanked out. She completely tanked herself out. Much like what happens when a woman becomes way overstressed, you know, when they, when they, which I want to talk to you about as well, you know, you just drive that cortisol so hard. So that early on taught me a lesson. And, And then I myself lost a significant amount of weight due to stress and a divorce that same year. And the same thing happened to me. My hormones completely zeroed out. And I mean, they were like all flatlined, including my cortisol. I just burned the whole bridge. And it was terrible. It was a terrible comeback. It was a terrible build back. And I've seen repeatedly, especially in competition uh, athletes, you know, the bikini competition, the, the man, that's a tough crowd. And when I got divorced a few years later to my chiropractor, from my chiropractor husband, uh, he went and started, he was big into bodybuilding and he went and started dating competition girls. And he was like, they're all crazy. Like they're not mellow. I said, well, help them gain 10 pounds and 15 pounds and see what happens then. And you're so right about the amenorrhea. That's, I mean, that's just classic female triad. So I don't think a lot of people appreciate this. And it's not to say that not anyone can have, or any female can, some women just are naturally built with low abdominal fat or, you know, deposition, but. But but what people want to do, and and I apologize to interrupt, but I want people to understand when I speak or I talk about things just like you do, a lot of people want to talk about the exceptions, not the rules. Right. So we always talk about, well, this woman, she's the exception, not the rule. Yeah. But by nature, if you, if you take a thousand women, 995 are going to not have that composition. So, and that's why when people are pushing themselves, so we have to always come back to this. What are the general rules of physiology and biochemistry and, and all things like that? And you talk about the, ex- and the people want to talk about the one exception. I'm like, great, right. but as far as population health, you're going to miss the boat on that. And, yeah. and I want to point out another thing, just because if you're in the medical field watching us right now, naturopath field, I want you to think about this. And, 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 and everybody, even chiropractic field, we're taught this in school too. If you look at a very common hormonal issue uh, being breast cancer, if you look at the number one therapy after they have done their chemotherapy and radiation surgery, trying to, and let's say they say, we got all the cancer, everything is good. Well, what they do is they do put you on a medication, okay? And most common form is tamoxifen. And as we know, doc, what that, what that does is it's actually a form of an aromatase inhibitor. Now, the mechanism behind that medication stops the conversion of certain androgens into estrogens that have been known to contribute to some of the breast cancers. But in what tissue? In adipose tissue. Yep. It doesn't work on organs. It doesn't in adipose tissue. 
So therefore, they even recognize that that adipose tissue can be an endocrine gland that causes conversions that lead to two elevated hormones that way. So they're going to try to suppress that. Now, on the flip side, you just say, hey, ladies lose weight. And it's just like, it, that. there's your form of tamoxifen without hurting yourself. Right. But <laughs> the idea is this. So that's why when you go too low of subcutaneous tissue, you don't get your hormonal conversions. And even medical doctors and OBs go, doc, that's so clinically common sense. I said, yes, but then why is it that we have to come from a different perspective and say, you guys, listen, then why are you freaking out when I say, ladies, don't have a six pack because it's going to lead to hormonal issues. Well, and also as we age, you know, like I, it doesn't matter how much weight I lose. My belly comes off last. That's just how I'm built. And every time I lose my belly, I usually end up with absolutely no butt, no breast tissue, and I feel awful, you know? So I joke that it's my little estrogen depot and I'm going to keep my little pooch. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep it. And it's, it's just, it's just there and that's okay too. And it certainly is better feeling, not to mention your face, like you mentioned. I mean, you get too lean and too thin and suddenly you're aged. You, 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 women listening, you cannot get past 45 and start losing ridiculous amounts of weight and expect your face to hold its shape. It just, it all just starts sagging off. <laughs> so, you know, a little, a little subcutaneous fat I'm okay with. I, I really... I think it's a it's I think it's important and I that takes me into cortisol. I'd love to hear you talk about how women don't tolerate stress as well and how we need more sleep and I completely agree with you on all of that. Can you just kind of go into that, tie it all together? It's really yep, And I will. It's good I, I want to make I want to make a comment on on just because once again, um I love research. I really do. And now once again, it's not a joke. Not everything has been research. That's why people say, well, if it's not research, it's not true. It's like, there's a lot of things that aren't studied, okay? But I do want to come back to this. There is a food out there that has been studied, and there's actually a great 2021 study. Uh, don't quote me exactly, but I know it's 2021 in the Journal of Nutrition, I think. But So you can fact check me on this. But what they did, there is one food in women, and they took 105 participants in each one. And what they did is they had a, a, a certain meal, they both ate the certain meal for 12 weeks and they added this one food and it caused proper distribution of subcutaneous uh, fat through the body to be more uniform. And it's well-documented study and they've done it multiple times, but this was a recent one back in 2021. And do you know what that food is? I want to say pomegranate, but I don't know. Avocados. Oh, avocados. Awesome. Whole avocado. One per day. Yeah, I heard about that study caused a distribution. So I tried to get with, so as you move into the ages of transitioning from cyclic to menopausal, I've always had all my women, this was even before too, we knew this a long time ago. See all the stuff that all these, I don't mean this in a native way, all these doctors that are finally starting to think more like us, I'm talking the medical field. It's like, do you don't, no shit, we've been doing this for 25 years. I know, I know. I know, I'm with you. Welcome to the yeah, welcome to the real healthcare. We've been doing it forever. Chiropractic has actually has done a wonderful tradition for a hundred years. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> but the idea is this. Well, there are things. It's just that, and then people go look at it and go, oh my goodness. And then doctors go, well, no, it's PubMed search. Go look at it and they go, oh my goodness. And then they look at it a bit more. So there are things that you can add into a person's body to have a little bit better redistribution of subcutaneous tissue. Now, Coming back to the, the, the factors of um, stress and sleep and all these factors and cortisol, um, just understand, you know, uh, people always talk about, you know, kind of demonize cortisol a little bit that way. 
And But I want people to understand that there, cortisol is a normal hormone. One of our hormones we need on a really basis is sedgel. Um, it has a rhythm. We all know that. It, it peaks in the morning, comes through the night that way. And that's why I don't understand intermittent fasting, even though I don't like that term. I don't like, I don't understand uh, time-restricted eating due to the fact that if you look at the digestibility, it's called a diascore, and all the factors of when you get the most out of your food, that means if you ate the exact meal in the morning and exact meal at night and everything's perfect, do you know that you get more availability and more digestion and more nutrients out of that morning meal? Yeah. And, and because think about this way, cortisol is elevated and also people don't realize and you always hear that cortisol, the fat storage hormone. Well, that, that's taken out of context because by nature, your cortisol elevates that actually circulates certain fatty acids and things like that. And you're wrong. That's why people realize under high stress, you have a you have a little harder, a little better time mobilizing fat because cortisol gets so elevated. But here's what happens. So I tell people, people say cortisol is a fat storage hormone. I'm like, really? Then what happens when people get really stressed and they get really skinny? Yeah. Uh, see, they don't want to talk about true metabolism. But what does do is cortisol mobilizes it. It really does. It mobilizes your fat. And that's why a lot of times uh, a woman can just move fat around from one area of the body to another based on her cortisol levels. But here's the part that I tell people that is so vitally important. And I figured this out because of my own personal story, um, not in my health, but my wife's health. She's extremely sick. And she had major... Uh, Give you an example, endometriosis, ulcerative colitis, cystic acne, and cluster headaches. And oh, she was told she'd bad. never have children. She wasn't ovulating. Totally understand all the wonderful medical people that were working with her before I met her. They cared very deeply to help her, but they said, listen, you can't have babies, all the thing. Just I'm just synopsing that in the short term. But the idea is this, is I start to look and go, okay, endometriosis has some form of endocrine you know, contribution. So I started to look at all the things and realize that the doctors who tested her were incomplete. Their analysis and viewpoint of her body was incomplete. And then I realized as I was kind of, you know, because even in chiropractic school, we're taught a lot about hormones and just the basic biochemistry and physiology, just like most doctors are. But here's what I noticed. But they don't teach this in detail. And all of a sudden, I sat there and said, listen, it's very common for estrogens to get too elevated and progesterone to go too low. But okay, but Why? You see, that's the one thing. Your body's always trying to adapt to be normal. And then I realized that there was a conversion, just we talked about conversion of hormones in adipose tissue. There's conversions based on a person's need. And cortisol actually can be converted from progesterone. And I was like, hold the phone. That means elevated things that cause cortisol go up. Mental stress, sugar levels, uh, infections, chronic inflammation, joint issues, all the things like these things, anything that really stresses a woman's body out can cause a depletion of one of those major hormones that are meant to dictate their life. And I was like, I, so I started to search. I go, does that happen to guys? No, testosterone doesn't have a direct connection as the way progesterone does. And I started to go, that means that women, just by their biochemistry, so I just taught you a simple biochemistry lesson are going to be more susceptible to damage from the stressors than males are. I'm not saying that they don't have things that affect them negatively from stresses. I'm just saying that if you look at this, ladies, you've had, you could have had a bad mental uh, thing happen to you, a divorce, a bad day, uh, uh, things, anything. 
and you can skip skip and delay your period or even throw off the timing. Mm-hmm. You know what's really funny? A man stresses out, has very high mental stress. Um, he can tell you broke his toe that day, work sucked, and he still wants to have sex that night because <laughs> the stress, you all laugh about this, but these are, you say, well, how is that possible? Because if a woman gets stressed out, her, pay, her panties are basically super glued to her. Yet a guy, <laughs> but the idea, and it's okay. And see, but see, I'm a guy recognizing. Now, remember, now here's why I just put one and two together. I said, well, by nature, being a guy, we want sex a lot. Well, the last thing that you got to get, that you got, you want introducing your wife's life is what? Stress. Right. Mental, physical, chemical. So therefore, because essentially we get married for two reasons. Number one, Build a bit of family. Two, have sex more readily available. Yes. And so I'm suddenly going, as a husband, I'm going to want to do that on a regular basis. So therefore, I don't want my wife stressed out. Yes. And it's women so said, simple. Preach a doc, and guys are like, good point. It's so simple. It's uh, When I would do a new patient intake, if somebody, I would always ask about libido and sleep. And if they told me, I mean, they could have had the worst symptom profile overall. If they told me their libido, and they're, male or female, if they told me their libido was intact and good and their sleep was good, I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. And if their libido was tanked out and their sleep was off, it was going to be much, much more challenging. That's just what I have found clinically. And it definitely, if it's a man, if a man doesn't want to have sex every day, I'm very concerned. (laughs) Clinically, I, I really start digging in like, what's going on here? What's happening? Because that is, that's just like biology 101, you know? And we want to, we want to, as human, we're so funny as humans. Like we, we have so lost the rules of biology and we think that we're somehow above them. I mean, it was the whole the same thing with the past few years. Like we thought we could like, you know, hide out against a upper respiratory virus. It's, it's so wild to me that we think we can usurp these things when we're just fancy mammals with opposable thumbs, like same rules, <laughs> you know? And yes, you're, I so agree. Like keep your wives as stress-free as possible. I tell my husband that all the time. My husband has, we have a very healthy sex life and I'm like, dude, do not stress me out. Like that is the last thing. It does not behoove you <laughs> at the end of the day. Yes. And, and that's why I tell, tell, tell guys have to be a protector of their family. Because by yes. by nature, we move to estrogens. Estrogen is a very connecting hormone. And that's why women connect to basically every thought there is. And that's a great thing, what makes them special. Because guys, testosterone makes them very aggressive, laser focused. So we can leave the house and forget that our family even exists and go tackle the world and tackle tackle us all our stressors. Women connect to everything and everything. That's why, once again, it's very difficult for women to leave their kids behind, leave these things behind. And that's okay. That's what makes them special. I see, I, I recognize that there's a difference in the biochemistry and how it affects us both physically and mentally. But then on top of it, here's what happens. Those things are so connected to um, not only her mental, but sexual health, but also physical health, that as a guy, I'm going, listen, I'm meant to take these stressors of the world. And I don't know why that's so controversial because I employ hundreds of women. I do, okay? I, I, I have a massive company. I employ hundreds of women and I just have a, I believe it's sound science. I just try to teach the women that work for me, say, listen, you are creative. You have all the great gifts. Go out and crush your career. But watch the physical and mental stress because it's going to lead to illness and stuff. And sometimes you might have to pass something on to a a guy to really handle the stress, not because, you know, you can't handle it. I believe you can handle anything, but there's consequences to handling it. 
Yes. That's the thing. There's consequences. It's very, it's, you know, uh, you know, it's, and that's one thing I want to tell people. There's consequences to taking the medication. There's consequences not taking the medication. There's consequences to eating bad. There's consequences, there's consequences for eating good and stuff. So, and uh, that's the thing we have to do, but they always want to make it so one-sided. And if you don't speak their narrative, they demonetize you. They kick you off Instagram, they kick you off of YouTube and things like that. But when I go and speak, you know, and I mean this very sincerely, you know, like the guy that was the producer that came before, he said, I'm one of people's favorite guests. Yeah, because I walk people through and then I, I, I encourage people to fact check everything I say. And then when people talk about, it, they're like, this is the most basic things that any doctor, and that's why I get to speak on all platforms. I don't care if it's medical, chiropractic, naturopathic, uh, nutrition, anything that way. Uh, because I come from the foundation that I believe that I believe that chiropractic is the only profession and they were the first ever to recognize that, hey, listen, there's an innate intelligence in the body. It knows what it's doing. You think it made a mistake? It never makes a mistake. I'm what's called a hard gainer, meaning I have a hard time putting on muscle mass. Try as I might, I simply do not build muscle quickly or easily. I also have a hard time meeting my protein goals in a day because I'm not much of an eater. That's why I was so excited to see that the ISSN, who is widely recognized as the authority on the latest cutting edge and non-biased information on sports nutrition, just announced their position on essential amino acid supplements or EAAs for muscle and performance. The paper goes into several benefits and supporting studies, but the biggest takeaway for me was reading that EAAs are more effective than protein at stimulating muscle protein synthesis. So if you're trying to put on muscle, if you're trying to lose weight and maintain lean muscle mass, or if you're getting older and worried about maintaining muscle mass, taking an EAA supplement is going to be one of the best things you can do for yourself. I personally take Keon Aminos every day to help me put on muscle, have more energy, and reduce injuries. And it's working because I'm lifting weights like I was in my early 40s, and I'm finally injury-free. This is why Keon Aminos are now fundamental to my daily fitness routine. Backed by over 20 years of clinical research, clean, sugar-free, caffeine-free, and non-GMO, all nine essential amino acids your body needs in the ratio scientifically proven to promote muscle protein synthesis. So if you're a hard gainer like me, check out Keon Aminos. To save 20%, go to getkeon.com forward slash Dr. Tina. That's G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com forward slash Dr. Tina to get my fundamental supplement for muscle, Keon Aminos. I've been a low-carb gal for a long time, and I'm embarrassed to admit that I've only recently learned in the past few years that all low-carb folks should know is how critically important electrolytes are to supplement. Electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. Common issues like headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness may simply be a lack of electrolytes. Adequate electrolyte intake can boost performance and recovery in the gym as well. And most importantly, they support the low-carb lifestyle that many of us follow. My new favorite electrolyte product is by Element. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. This means a science-backed electrolyte ratio with none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. Simply adding a daily packet of Element into my routine has given me more energy, less cramping, and improved mood overall. 
I even think it's helping my sleep. I've teamed up with Element and they've been gracious enough to offer a free gift with purchase to listeners of the Dr. Tina show. The free gift Element sample pack includes one packet of every flavor. This is the perfect gift for anyone who's interested in trying all of their flavors. My favorite is the raspberry salt. They offer a no questions asked refund on all orders. So if you don't like it, you don't even have to send it back. This offer is exclusively available to Dr. Tina show listeners. So be sure to use the link in the show notes and take advantage of it now. Head to the link drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Tina. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Tina. Amen. I'm with you. I'm so proud to be a chiropractor. It, it, like I would have been afraid to practice if I hadn't gone through that education. It, it was solid. And I, yeah, it's, I get it. It, it's funny too, the past few years, it was really the chiropractors that held the line. Like most of my naturopathic colleagues folded and went along with the Kool-Aid, you know, drank all the Kool-Aid and the chiropractors were like, uh, we were, we had a really solid first year, you know, basic sciences and pathophysiology. And it was, everyone was like, what, (laughs) you know, the chiropractors knew what was up. I'm with you on that. And I, I agree with you. I, you know, as a woman who's almost 50, I have always been head of my household. I have always carried all the weight. I have always um, really been, you know, the boss babe and had to, I was building a practice and a career as a single mom in bankruptcy. Like I understand what that kind of stress does to you. And then to have recently, and I mean, I just barely stepped into perimenopause and it's, it's going relatively smoothly. I honest, I was just talking to my coach. I think it's because I've been strength training religiously since I was 40, like without skipping a beat. That was one thing I committed to because all the females in my family had such a horrific time with menopause. And I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I don't, I don't need that to happen to me. And I took care of, terrible care of myself before I entered chiropractic college. I was a heavy drinker, smoker, you know, ate junk food all the time, had all kinds of health issues, autoimmune diseases. And I still struggle. I mean, I've done some damage that I still struggle with, but that strength training component has been so helpful. But anyway, I digress. The cortisol piece, um, I used to be one of those like no cortisol people. I had none. I burned it all out. And then more recently, I started getting, I joke, you know, my adrenal glands started sparking again. (laughs) They came back to life a little bit. COVID hits, I burn them all out again. And then just kind of felt like I was poisoning myself with cortisol. And it's really devastating when you're this age to be just cranking the cortisol all the time. It's It just destroys any hope of hormonal balance. And then to add the, the male partner piece in, husband and I met just a few years ago, actually 2019, right before this all started. Thank God I had him on my team. But I always tell him, I'm like, baby, if you want the soft, sweet side of me, you have to bring out the estrogen. So I have to feel protected and I need you to sort of, you know, shield me from some of this stress and handle it. And I don't, I'm a boss, babe. I run the show for my team and everything else all day. Like at night, I just want to let that go. I want someone to put their arm around me and tell me they got it, you know, because I don't, I can't, I physically will not, I get, I literally get ugly. Like I, my morphology of my face changes. I, I turn into a different person and it's, we just, if we could ride that cortisol train as a younger woman, it, I am here to say it is devastating when you get older. It is not the solution. You know, I'll, let me let me add upon this, uh, and I want you to change your language. I'm gonna, I'm, I believe I'm okay. gonna be able to convince you on this, okay? Because here's what happens: is the testosterone by nature creates our masculine physical and mental characteristics. 
okay? Obviously, we know what happens to a male when he hits puberty, but there's mental change that happen. We become more aggressive. Uh, we become more confident. We're more laser focused. We're, our ability to go get it is driven by that. Um, and by nature, if I give those characteristics, those are masculine characteristics. Um, estrogens, once again, have more uh, feminine characteristics. There's physical attributes. We see that in women today. And then what happens is, but there's psychological things that come along with estrogens. You know, once again, they're, they're more connected. Um, once again, they actually have uh, certain energy levels that are different because they cyclically, we get that a little bit that way. But there's, there's, there's components physically that come with estrogens, like these components come, come with there. Here's what happens. And I want you to really think about this. When a, when a woman's female feminine characteristics, if they go out in society, they can't survive. Because by nature, let me explain. By nature, you have a business, okay? Um, it's very competitive. It's very aggressive. I know it's really funny, but forget male or female. They want your customers. They will take everything away from you. That's just competition, you see them? And those are more masculine dominant competition. So that's why if you notice, women go out into the world and to be aggressive, they put their body in a physiological state that isn't normal for them to maintain like a guy can maintain. I now, agree. what happens is this. So here's what happens. Society by nature to even survive is masculine. And our world today is so wrong on this because they're trying to make it feminine. That's why we have participation trophies. That's why we have take care of everybody. But it doesn't work. We need, we need the best, we need the competitive, we need aggressive, we need laser focus, because then what happens is, now at home, feminine characteristics are absolutely amazing. But by the time women go to society and realize that, listen, to do any good business, you wanna get better. Everybody wants the best, that takes competition. But on the flip side, now you get home and your body now is so physically drained because you tried to live in masculine traits for too long, and therefore, guess what happens? Now, Jerome, feminine traits, Bring great things to society. Do it. It's just not gonna. You're not gonna get the best out of the world by doing that. Because once totally. again, everybody's the same. Everybody gets participation trophy. No, because here's what happens: this. I don't want a doctor. If your child breaks your arm, I don't want the participation doctor that got just pushed through because he was in school. I want the best. You know what I'm saying? I want the guy or the girl who's going to be the best person, the most laser focused. And my point of bringing this up is, is because I think the idea of a boss babe is actually against the female physiology that if they try to maintain that for a long period of time. And I see this with the women that work for me. I say, listen, use all your characteristics, go for your dreams, but you have to be so much more conscious of the mental and physical things you put through your body because I've eat, legitimately had women who work in my company. They're amazing. They're managers, they're bosses, everything this way of departments. But if they try to keep up to me physically working, guess what happens? They, they literally, I've had one of my nurse practitioners pass out. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with you. And so, and there's what, what's wrong with talking about that? I have women, I employ more women than men. They make incredible money. I pay amazingly. We do wonderful things. My head journalist sitting right here is actually a woman. And see, and see what people do, they won't have these conversations like, listen, but as a protective man, as a man who is supposed to be a protector, I sometimes have to protect women from themselves. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Going, so I want you to say, listen, that you, when you go out, you dominate because doc, you're awesome in everything you do. But what happens is don't give up on your feminine characteristics that actually know that when you get home, I mean, sincerely, your husband doesn't want competition. Exactly. He doesn't want aggressiveness. He wants a feminine characteristic, estrogen-based woman who actually can bring him peace that men, men are not meant to bring peace. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, because 
that's what makes us great. If and see, an only way, only place this is acceptable in today's society is sports. Is sports? You say, I'm, I here. Watch this. I'm from Green Bay, Wisconsin. If I were, if I were to say to both men and women today, just let all the Packer players play. Don't put the best on the field. They oh, have yeah. a right to play. It's like you'd be like, you're freaking nuts. We want to whoop the <laughs> our team. You see, but that's the only place. Now, if I come and say, now watch this, Doc. I mean, this sincerely, and, and this is not one thing whatsoever. But let's say you and I are competition. I don't care if you're a woman. I want to beat you. That's just my nature thing. Now, if I say that to the public, oh, you you hate women. No, I don't. I want to dominate competition. Right. You saying? And see, oh, that's, I'm with you. that's more of a masculine trait. And a woman that's really feminine, which is great, and doesn't want to be the, the kind of masculine person out in the world, they say, let's bring the stuff that we do at home into society and every and just get along. Everybody gets a chance. And this is like, doesn't work. It'll never work. We're seeing it right now. It won't work. Uh, my background's in animal behaviorism and I have studied a lot of mammalian behavior and I, it's, it's just wild to me what humans think they can get away with. I'm like, this is not, this is not how it works. And if the, I'm wrong, why are women so sick? And, and oh, see, women and are so them, sick. So sick today. And as a man, for 25 years, I said, listen, women, do everything you want in your dreams, but please, please watch your physical and mental health. Guys, watch your wife, girlfriend, fiance, physical or mental health, because here's what happens. When they get sick, it's much more difficult for a woman to recover than ever as a guy. And it's much more difficult for cyclic women to recover than even menopausal women because their hormone changes happen four times in a month, which leaves it very difficult for them not to be able to adapt to those changes. Like when you have those cortisol levels that their conversions end up low and trying to restore normal hormone balance when it's supposed to go up and down even makes it even more difficult. It's true. And looking at my patient base over the years, I, don't, I did not have the size of practice you have, but I had a very busy practice and the, it's much harder. I think about past 45 things really to turn the ship around. Like if you, I was just talking to my coach again today and I was like, man, the best thing I did before menopause hit was to build a slab of muscle on my body. I, I, you know, and really start paying attention to my sleep cycle and, you know, even if you've got it, like, I think some, a tool like an aura ring, you know, people don't like these trackers on their bodies, but an aura ring for me just at night has been, you know, really interesting and helps me understand what I'm doing to sabotage my sleep. And so getting these parameters in check and, and making the commitment in your late thirties, early forties before the wheels fall off the car, you know, cause we are such a weird society with medicine, we wait until people have type two diabetes and then we decide we should intervene. And by then those people are busted. I mean, that is like such far extreme metabolic dysfunction by that point. And they're swimming in it for 15, 20 years prior. And nobody says, boo, no one does anything about it. You know, doctors like you do, doctors like me did, but that's the part where I'm really trying to get people to understand, like, we're not going for perfection. We're just trying to take the necessary steps as early as we can, you know, start building muscle, start really protecting your sleep, make, make good decisions about the people you choose to be around. You know, I mean, shoot, the person you're married to is going to dictate how you end up in your fifties so much. So all of those things, I, I think that we, and there, I have no shame saying any of that. And as the woman who blew all the fuses out herself from being the boss babe, I can confess that that was a terrible idea. <laughs> it was, 
you know, it's not, it's not as, and I, people say, oh, well, you look great. It's like, yeah, I have, I've been on bioidentical hormones since I was in my mid thirties because I fried out all my circuits then, you know, so we got to pace and, and do the appropriate measures as we go. And it's much harder though. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, women come in, you know, women would come in and they're late forties, early fifties that were just total train wrecks. And they'd say, you know, I want to turn this around. That was always much more challenging for me as a clinician. What, how are you, how, what do you think? Well, remember the cyclic years are, are, um, it's attainable, but like I said, obviously the older you get there, you can have some permanent damage. And when you look at women's health compared to men's health, okay. Um, and, and here's what happens ladies. And I've said this, and I don't know why this isn't, um, with the exception of certain permanent damage things that happen, when you look at a woman that has now transitioned into menopause, her hormones are very stable. They're very similar to a guy's. It's why the term cougar never came from a cyclic woman, okay? Because they actually have, their, their estrogens change. They actually become a little bit more testosterone. They're more stable straight across, no different than a guy, really. Now, obviously, there's different levels, but here's the point. They don't have the fluctuations every single week. Or and women think, no, doc, I cycle once a month. No, your hormones change four times in a month. I was the first one ever 25 years ago to say, listen, women have four zones. Because I, I sat there and recognized that women's estrogens, which is women's progesterone, um, goes up and down through the course of the month. And really, there's physical and mental change that happen four different times in a, in, a, in a time. So therefore, here's what happens. And all the other factors that contribute to that combination of change can come and be affected by so many reasons. So therefore, guess what happened? You can't just change your foods and everything goes back normal. You can't just get adjusted and everything goes back normal. You can't, you can't just, I'm going to reduce my mental stress, even though I think that's the biggest one, um, and go back normal. That's the, that's the part where professionals like us sit there and go, hey, listen, let's start from this major idea. And if everybody can get this idea, they will show you, you'll be able to take a roadmap individually for each person. Because once again, the things that are throwing this major principle off is actually under your control. Let me explain. So if you come from the standpoint, and this is one thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag about this again, one thing I love about the chiropractic profession, um, even though today, the understanding of chiropractic isn't what it originally was. And that's why I just don't practice like the modern day chiropractor because they have it wrong. Um, but do this. We recognize, once again, that the body is innate intelligence. It governs every cell of the body. It's always trying to adapt to its environment. And therefore, once again, if there is a physical stress, that's how chiropractic actually got changes with a person. That physical stress can lead to a fight or flight response it can cause everything from an inflammatory response to a cortisol response to a neurological response. And what happens is this, and people have those physical traumas all the time. Uh, doc, I guarantee you've adjusted thousands of babies. Why would a chiropractor take care of a baby? Because if there's a structural damage, I've, I've literally have pictures of doctors, and I'm not saying this didn't need to be done. Doctors grabbing the head of the child and putting their foot up against the thing and trying to pull out the mother. I'm sorry, if you have a child that's two years old and we're walking through the mall and I grab them by the head and pick them up, you can call me for physical abuse. Yeah. Yet the, uh, that, that, and I'm not saying that the doctor was doing anything wrong by helping the mother so the baby didn't die or the mom didn't die. I'm not saying that. But can you agree with me there might be a little trauma? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, because it doesn't manifest into a disease yet, they say, nothing wrong with the baby. Okay? Yes, because guys, listen, I believe that one of the greatest analogies I ever created was this. And this, this distinguishes what you and I do, Doc, compared to other professionals that are medical. I always call medicine the fire department. Guess what happens? Your house catches on fire. 
You're, you use axes and hoses to put the fire out. But they cause damage in the process. So any person that tells me that medications are safe and effective, you lie. Because even the people who produce them say they're not safe and effective. They say there's major side effects, okay? Flip side, let's say the doctor did a wonderful job and stopped you from dying, okay? Fires like cancer, heart disease, all the major things cause you to die. Wow, good, thank God, you're awesome, doc. You saved my life. But can you rebuild a house with an axe and a hose? No, it sounds ridiculous. Can you make your body healthy by drugs or surgery? No, you need carpenter-type doctors. And that's what chiropractors originally started out as. But they tried to fit in within the medical paradigm just like naturopaths start out that way. Yeah. And when you think of the word naturopath, natural treatment of pathology, just try to treat things naturally and say using drugs. But the concept still, and this, this is why chiropractor recognized saying, listen, before you need to constantly rebuild the body and give what it needs so it can survive very stressful events. Yes, I understand if lightning hits your house, you can do everything right, you're still gonna have a problem. Yes, you get hit by a car, you can eat, do all the stressors, move them, you're still gonna have a problem. And here's the thing. So therefore, what the approach needs to be is recognizing that, guess what? That body so intelligence, what's throwing it off? Trauma, toxins. This concept that toxic things are okay in moderation makes no sense to me. Your body doesn't know moderation. It says, is it physiologically sound or does it put me in fight or flight? And that could be from skincare, that could be from toothpaste, that could be from what you eat, that could be from anything that enters your body that your body has to adapt to. And sometimes the adaptation is so overburdened because you brush your teeth with Crest, you ate, you had a Starbucks latte, you ate cereal, you had a, a Taco Bell for lunch, you had crappy food at night, and people go, I don't know how my house turned into rotten lumber and it caught on fire. See, the concepts of going, you can only feed that body it knows what it's doing bad things for so long before the disaster. You can right. only put chemicals on your body. You dare stand, we know this. We know that, for example, if you eat a trans fat, that is not a normal um, phospholipid for cell membranes, but it will use what it has, rotten lumber. On the flip side, mental stress, another stressor that guess what? You've been through this yourself, doc. Some devastating emotional things and it puts you in the fight or flight. You stay there for a time blood pressure, blood sugar, all these things change. And so chiropractic was the first profession to ever talk about this in the 1800s. Yeah. And we lost our way recognizing because of, because of uh, Rockefellers and their, their, their creation of the AMA, people don't realize that, just basic history. They, were, they even tried to come against chiropractors and tried to push them out. We won, we won a Supreme Court lawsuit against medicine that way. So when the FBI yep. shows up my house trying to shut us down and things like that, trying to shut me up, I'm like, why? I thought we're Americans. We stand up for what's right. So it doesn't matter if you're a child. doesn't matter if you're psychic. doesn't matter if you're menopausal. doesn't matter if you're a man. Those stressors affect you significantly. I just see that the population that has affected the most is the cyclic women. The cyclic mm -hmm. women, because they, their beautiful bodies, which once again, when you recognize the, all the things that happen for a woman just to release an egg, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. And all the things that have to correlate from neurological to immunological to circulation to biochemically for a woman to properly release an egg, it would fascinate you. And those stressors disrupt that. And now we have more infertility ever in history. We have more heart disease, cancer, diabetes, um, People thinking they're the different sexes ever in history, yet you're the experts. Man, it's only, I've always said this, you know, 
and I love analogies, so I create them all the time. I look at people and I'm speaking, I say, let me see a question. How old were you when you finally realized that your parents were full of shit? And see, <laughs> everybody laughs. They laugh right away because they're like, yeah, I'm about 12, 13. <laughs> okay. How old were you when you realized that the majority of your doctors are full of shit? Oh, early. Early, earlier. But you're, you're the exception, not the rule. I was early too because I was 13 because that's when I decided to be a chiropractor because I realized with my health history, we were, the doctor was leaving the wrong direction. So we have to try something different. And so what happens is this, but a lot of people didn't happen till this recent past three years. Yep. Yeah, I know. Now it's we wild, realize isn't it? They make up stuff. They lie. They cohorse with governments. They do stuff like this. $4.1 trillion. People try to talk about how big our military is. They spend $775 billion. Medicine's $4.1 trillion. And you think there's not corruption there? Sorry, you're living in a fantasy world. Yeah, it's it's wild how many people woke up the last few years, and I'm so glad they did. But I, you know, I was five. I was held down on a table by a doctor, a nurse, my mom, and a bunch of you know they were holding me down trying to suction some kind of snot, you know, globber up out of my nose and uh, with a, some kind of vacuum device. And I remember thinking. I was screaming and I was not taking it. Cause I mean, I was like that kid that was in every week for blood draws. And, you know, after a while you're just like, fuck this. And I remember thinking clearly at five, there has to be a better way to do this. And I vowed to become a physician and I, I never stopped, you know, until I got there. Well, actually I spent 10 years in practice and I, I left practice. I left practice right before COVID. Uh, I just, I had been in 10 years straight, very busy practice, very successful. And I just one day woke up and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something else. I, I've been in a clinic as a patient or a practitioner my entire life, literally worked all, worked in hospitals all through college, worked in doctor's offices, most notably, uh, you know, holistic medicine once I got out of college. But I just kind of was like, I just want to not take care of anybody for a while. <laughs> See how that goes. I got my family to take care of. That's enough. I'm like that. I'm, I'm like you probably like everyone calls me, you know, everyone, everyone on both sides has to call me when something goes wrong. And it's just been really eye-opening to see the trust and then the delusion or a dis disillusion of trust since the last, in the last few years, because man, the system I knew a long time ago was corrupt. And just even following like big pharma, what they were doing, Vioxx, that whole scandal, all of that. It's just like, the Johnson and Johnson, the opioid crisis, everybody's like, oh, let's just trust big pharma. And I'm like, are you guys high? Like, have you not been paying attention the last few years? Clearly, <laughs> no, nobody has been paying. And I had just taken for granted that I thought everyone knew what I knew. I really did. I really thought everyone knew what I knew. And it's been mind blowing to me how many people just blindly walk. And now they turn around and say, oh, we were forced. And I'm like, you were coerced, but blindly trusting big pharma like has never worked out in my opinion for anybody, but I digress. That's... Well, and the thing is this way, and, and let's always go back to this, you know, go back to the example of my fire department carpenter example is I believe that medicine can have a good place and stuff because, um, you know, I would, I don't want to get my teeth worked on without Novocaine. You know what I'm saying? Yes, uh, because, of course. Because of the pain. But see what happens is, when it becomes the dominant form and even calling it healthcare is actually misleading because you can't, there's no health you can gain from a drug or surgery. And this concept of like the body makes a mistake and LDL being too elevated, you know, is the number one cause of heart disease. That's not true. That's not true at all. 
I'm not saying that LDL being elevated um, isn't a sign that you're not going to that you're going to develop heart disease. It's just that going the body doesn't make mistakes. It raised it for a reason. Yes. And the reason is you could just be being dumb to your body and hurting it. And now it has, and you're going to learn, they're going to lead to a heart disease. But to think that the, you know, it's really funny. Think of it this way. LDL is actually a marker um, that's mainly produced by your liver. When did your liver start making bad stuff for your heart? See, when you think from this perspective, you're like, well, why would the body do that? Do you say, it's like, they, they actually think the body is so dumb. You say, and, and I, it's, it's so intelligent. It's so beautiful. It's just that we have put our pro, we put our process in white coats. But I would tell people this, yeah. just like this, medical field and the weatherman are the only two people that are wrong all the time. And they always go back and ask them for what's going to happen. <laughs> it's so true. And the solution is, I always say it's, it's all one thing. It's, you know, people say, well, what, I'm sure you get the same messages. What do I do about high cholesterol? What do I do about heart disease? What do I do about dementia? What do I do? And I'm like, it's all the same thing. You have to get homeostasis back in check. And it's not, sometimes it's not always going to go. I, I personally, as a prescribing physician, I do sometimes use pharmaceuticals, but I use very, very low doses, sometimes microdosing. And I obviously use lifestyle and supplements and herbs to you know, we, we move the teeter-totter this way. So they come in on high doses of pharmaceuticals. I get them as low as possible or, or off, um, but we use the tools we need and we do all the other things in the, in the meantime. And that to me is so much more elegant than like, let's just cranking up the dose of the pharmaceutical, which is their like, and you know, thank God for allopathic medicine. Thank God when I needed antibiotics at certain times, I'm, I, I'm not against it. And, and, and the ER, thank God for the ER a few times, but sometimes you need the, the fire hoses and the axes, but that's not, you know, you can't rip the foundation of a house out or never build it right in the first place and expect good things to happen. Well, and also here's what happened to this, is anybody can have the debate between, you know, fire department carpenter and no joke, and you're going to convince a certain amount of population one way or another. But here's what happens this. Um, I always tell people, no one should be coerced or forced into it. See, that's the big thing. Yes. The last three years showed you the coercion and the try the force and stuff that way. Uh, that, that, to me, honestly, was probably the biggest disappointment because, or even doctors that said, well, I have to go along and do these things to patients because otherwise I'll lose my job. Um, a real man would have never done that. Let me make that very clear. A real man would have never done that because if you don't believe it and you know it's wrong and you did it to save your own hide for a job, um, sorry, I, I can't respect a man like that. And I can't respect an individual like that because the idea is this. We can all, I would tell people, true aspect of freedom is you share your case, I'll share mine, let the public decide. That's it. It's really simple in every situation. I, you know, because that's why otherwise the, con the concept of freedom doesn't exist. And that's why censoring. But I always tell people this. People say, Doc, aren't you worried that you got censored and this, this, and this? I said, listen, before I even got on media, which I never thought I ever would have, um, is the fact that I tell people, you know, I built my first clinic. And of course, we, you know, have them all over the country and now in Europe and things like that. I said, listen, I said, um, you know something? My, my, when I started December 27th, 1999, I built my first office on the original Facebook. One face looking at another explain the most basic things, get clinical results. And those faces sold our faces. You see, Sam? And see, that's why it's really funny. And then what they did is when they tried to stop that, guess what happened is this. It's still going still gonna to win. You see, Sam? It's still going to win as long as people keep speaking, as long as people are doing this. Because once again, guys, 
if they were so right, how are we doing? I mean, sincerely. Yes. <laughs> and you're the leader. How is everybody doing? Um, if, 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 if you look at any metric of business or anything or weightlifting and things like this, you know, it's like this. If someone tells me that they're going to the gym every day and they're still 300 pounds, you better get some different advice. You saying? Well, doc, yeah. that's simple. Really? You go to a doctor repeatedly. I mean this sincerely. I want you to think about this in a really different perspective. And this is going to hurt a lot of people. If I was conditioned, like most people are, to go to a pediatrician, go to a general practitioner, go to your doctor, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, um, and all of a sudden, you're 40 years old or 30 years old, and you get sick as crazy. I'd walk up to that doctor and punch him in the face or ask for all my money back. Because they don't teach you how to take care of yourself. They say, come to me, I'll do something to you, and you're going to be healthy and be just fine. Really? One, get your understand, the amount of chronic illness, you know, the 60% of Americans have one chronic illness. 40% have two or more. It wasn't that they weren't seeing doctors. They're seeing doctors. Yep. And sometimes, I personally believe, seeing a pediatrician is the most devastating thing for your health because they start you off really badly. Yeah. So with really bad advice. That's why people say, doc, you're a chiropractor. You should never give medical advice. I don't. Most medical advice is really bad. So I don't <laughs> want to give them. You know what I am? That's why if you ever notice, some of the people, some of the doctors that were censored um, when it came to the last three years, they had to forget and give up on things they learned in the schooling. They didn't learn it. They sometimes learned it through a bad situation. And that's why I tell people, it's like, so the stuff I speak about is stuff that we should have been speaking, the chiropractors have been speaking about for a hundred years. And as, a, and as technology and things evolve that way, it kind of proves the things right. But on the flip side, you know, that's why it's very important to recognize this major premise. And that's the one thing I want people to understand. Your body is a genius. It is. And if you need allopathic, a little fire department to help manage something so you don't die, God bless, that's what it's there for. Emergency, I believe that really should be, there really should be emergency rooms and then practitioners that more like, uh, doctors are more like carpenter doctors because yeah. then we'd, we'd have less responses that way. But to consistently manage with drugs or surgery, it, it, you understand healthcare is always one of the biggest debates. Well, yeah, because it's more expensive, more people use it, more drugs, more things. You know, you are the abnormal person today if you're not taking the medication. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not diabetic, if you're not taking medication, if you're, yeah. I mean, I, like I never took, I, I live in, I live, I lived in Portland, Oregon. I have been, yeah. So yeah, I, I've been in the thick of it. <laughs> but I have to apologize. I have, an, I have an office in Portland and we have a very successful wellness way in, in Portland. And, but obviously I stayed away from downtown because it's kind of loony down there. But Oh man, Portland is a whole other thing. And I practiced there for a decade and I, never took insurance and I, you know, very insurance heavy town and all the nature paths and chiropractors took insurance. And early on people were like, you know, how dare you? Who do you think you are? Like my colleagues were upset with me because I refused to. And I'm like, I am not participating with the mafia. I am not participating in a third party payer telling me, dictating how I can and cannot take care of my patients. I'm not doing it. I feast or famine, I will make this work. And I made it work and I had a very successful practice, but I, it's mind boggling to people that to pay out of pocket for their own care 
to see someone who's actually a team member. That's how I always approached it. I am a team member. I'm here to cheer you on and guide you. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I am not here to, you know, be the all. And we've just gotten so off course with medicine. And now, you know, when you're a doctor in the insurance paradigm, you are, you know, you've got to play the game and MDs have to follow the standard of care. So they've got to play the game or they put their license at risk. You know, it's really, it depends on what state you're in and how bad that could be, but it's such a slippery slope. And I, I, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine being a medical doctor and actually trying to even buck that system at this point. I would get out. Well, I can actually tell you, I hired a lot of medical people during the pandemic because they did want to leave that situation that way. Yeah. It worked out great. You know, I always tell people this, and it sounds derogatory until you actually sit back and think about it. I said, medicine is nothing more than a country club. You don't follow our rules and do our dues and do some of this, we kick you out. And that's why you saw people lose their license for not following the norms and stuff of like that. And it's quite interesting because that's why you notice that the doctors that they, so I, I get why people do certain things. I don't think it's right. I get why doctors say, well, I'll lose my job. Well, I thought you were there for the patient. Yeah. You say, not for corporate business. And that's why people realize uh, that's one thing. The last three years were very difficult. They devastated and they did some horrible things, but it woke people up. Majority of people, when, you know, we were the abnormal. We talked about certain things, like talk about pediatrician gives to a child, which a pediatrician is nothing more than a factory for that company. But the idea is this, and very few people questioned things when it came to those type of therapy yeah. that they tell people. But the idea is this, now I even have medical doctors go, man, I give those things. And now I realize during the pandemic, how much they lie about it and realize that they lied about the other ones too. No kidding. We've yep. been telling you that for a hundred years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and so once again, so it took it took a massive amount of pain for people to change. But Doc, you know it's just as well. Um, most people are not inspired to be healthy. They actually have to get to a level of pain to where they're suffering so badly that they make a change. Naturopath, naturopathic physicians, chiropractors, acupuncture, all the other uh, forms of healthcare wouldn't even exist wouldn't even have a foot in the door if what medicine was teaching you was all right. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And pain moves people. Pain and vanity. I don't know about the vanity so much anymore. It used to move people, but pain definitely is the great motivator. And I am... I am happy with the amount of people that have woken up in the past few years. I think it's it's exciting. I think really what's most exciting for me is prior to COVID, there was a lot of turf wars. And now I'm seeing a lot of different types of health professionals collaborating. And, you know, social media has been great for that too. And so we have a lot of people talking and working together and and really it's like, which side are you on? You know, are you on the side of medical autonomy or are you, did you drink the Kool-Aid? And I love that what we're seeing. And like you said, your clinic in Portland, the, a few clinics I know of really thrived during those times because they, they hired in everybody who was brave enough to leave their hospital jobs and say, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Doc, I do have to correct you. You said the medical establishment and the people that drink the Kool-Aid. Remember, people like us don't drink Kool-Aid. We know it's bad for us. All the red dye. <laughs> That's and all true. We don't drink okay? red dye. <laughs> so we may drink the coconut water, okay? Stuff like that. But uh, guys, guys, Craig, we got to make sure that we don't drink Kool-Aid. I said, we, we, care about our, we care about our house. Well, I mean, I, I meant like the side we're on of, you know, medical autonomy. We're on the good side. We didn't drink any Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's it's going to sound it's going to sound funny. And let me tell you this, and and so and I think your audience will appreciate this. 
I think both camps are really dumb. I think the natural camp is dumb and I think the medical camp is dumb. Do you know why? Because you and I agree upon this is the fact that it's like, Amos says, medicine's horrible. It's all stupid. Really? Get, get your tooth drilled on with no Novocaine. Yeah. On the flip side, people say, there's doctors, medical physicians that tell people that food doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't do anything about your LDL. And see, see you laugh because you've heard it. See, so the camp that all natural or all medical, you're both wrong. The fire department is needed just as much as the carpenter. And I'm sorry. So I've been able to speak at all their establishments. And nowhere I start off, I can speak at a medical school. I can speak at a natural. I can speak to the public and say, listen, and I give the example of your house catches on fire, you know, fire department. Absolutely. But you've never asked the fire department to sit around and rebuild your house with axles. Well, a stupid doc. No, they don't even know what they're doing. Well, then you got to call a carpenter. He has lumber, plaster. He has other electricians, plumbers, everything. And they come and rebuild the house. Ah, it's back to normal. That's healthcare. Somebody has a heart attack. Guess what happens? You're not coming to my office or your office. Go to the mercy room. Thank God the doctors and drugstores can keep you alive. Yeah, but... But here's what happens. This. But then when a person says, well, house doesn't happen again. The doctor goes, you got to take a statin drug, aspirin, and, and blood pressure medication the rest of your life. Well, I'm going to water down my house every day. It's going to rot. And that's why... It might not catch on a fire again for a while, but we're all rotten and that's why we're so sick today. Yeah. So they're both needed. That's the thing. We just can sit and throw punches at medicine over the last three years because they did some dumb things, some really dumb things. And nobody disagrees with that. You Sam, you have the extremes that don't, but the majority of Americans go, uh, probably not that smart of idea. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People do is they want to be in tribal camps. So either all natural or all medical. And I think they're both wrong. I think they're, I, I'm sitting in the middle. I'm sitting there going, dude, I'm going to, if I ever have a cavity, which I don't, if I have a cavity, drill on my tooth. I'm yeah. not, I'm sorry. There's no herb. There's no natural thing that's going to get, that's going to sit me in that chair and hand, make me handle that pain. You know what I'm saying? I thank God, even though, get this, they don't even really truly know how this truly works. Right. Look this up. I thank God for anesthesia. You know what I'm But you know, they don't understand the full mechanism of how it works. Do you know that? Look it up. You know what I'm I have a really good friend who's anesthesiologist. They have some theories. It works. We just don't fully how because we don't know everything about the human body. Yeah. I love how they say we, this, this was so emphatically that there's no side effects. I'm like going, you don't even understand. We discover new things about the body all the time. And you're set, sitting there so strongly acting like you know everything about the human body, that's, that is pure arrogance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, that, there, was, there was a lot of that the past few years. And then, it, you know, it, it makes folks like me dig in deeper. I just, you know, I dig my heels in. They try to silence, they try to silence you and you just become the monster they're afraid of. You know, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm like, all right, let's go. You want to keep going? I got, I got all day on this one. I want you to use this, Okay because I've had to do this in my own life. And this applies to almost everybody universally. I have no problem being the monster in your story as long as you tell the chapter when you created me in. Ah, I love that. That's good. I love you know it. <laughs> doc, you showed, you showed this. It's like going, do you want to hear the chapters how I became this way? See, you just see where right now a person that's willing to fight for people's freedoms and freedoms of choice and everything like that and stuff like that. But guess what happens? This, that's created. Do you understand? And yeah. so let's talk about the chapters before that happened that way. And see, everybody that's had something devastating, even if it was a bad husband or a bad wife or something go wrong this way, you just take the going, I'm this way right now, but I have no problem if you tell the story as long as you tell how you created me. 
Yep. And I think what was underestimated was the fact that, you know, I was gaslit by the medical establishment my entire life. I, I went into it as a very young child, a very sick child, and I spent my whole life in it. And I became a doctor because I despised doctors so much, to be truthful with you. I, I knew I did not want to navigate the system for the rest of my life uneducated. And I knew that I didn't want my loved ones to be, you know, in harm's way. And I, I share this because I, my message with this podcast and with all the content I create is I really want people to understand that you don't stand a chance unless you educate yourself to some degree. And so really following docs like you, learning more, don't get overwhelmed. I know it can be overwhelming for folks. I know it can be, you know, it can, that, there's that first year, second year when you, you realize your the food system is poisoning you probably intentionally. It can be a little much, but pace yourselves, folks, because a basic understanding of nutrition, how it works inside your body, how you feel, uh, you know, don't listen to every influencer and their extreme polarization of, of different things. Like get your shit together and learn the basics for yourself, strengthen your body, do all those things because that's really the only way any of us stand a chance with the way that this medical industrial complex is rolling. Yeah, and that's why if you look at some of the things that people can do, some of those basic things they can do can dramatically change their health. And and people don't realize that. I mean, I, I, in, in, I had a video that has over 100 million views plus. I think it's probably much more than that now um, because it is the fact that I said, listen, women need more sleep than men. Yeah. Okay, by far they do. Okay, they need at least two hours more. Um, even made on one of Joe Rogan's friends, podcast and they played so one of his friends who's a comedian i can't remember his and some of that but my teacher because his wife loved it and showed his it showed his uh her husband during time that way and he called me a cokehead because i speak so fast and so that i'm like dude you don't take drugs but long story short because, because well by nature what happens this i never realized until even that video came out but i also know this in clinical practice that men think that women sleep too much and this this uh, and, and women men go you gotta get up you gotta stop being lazy um if you just look at the hormonal patterns, you look at you look at the circadian rhythm and everything like that. Um, guess what happens? The hormonal reserves. Uh, women need more sleep than men. It's just basic biochemistry and physiology. And so I say, women, do me a favor. And we know this. And doc, this is this is textbook simple for you. But I people don't realize how um, how a lot of public doesn't understand this. If you even look at circadian rhythm, it's very important um, for a person to go to bed between nine and ten. It really is. It really is because what happens is this. There's growth hormone that's released. There's there's other hormonal reserves. You need time for the certain, and even, for example, you'll realize this. Your thyroid stores hormone. Your adrenal stores certain hormone, okay? And they need to sometimes replenish, rebuild. And what ends up happening is that's why is now you go through and then cortisol by nature will start to wake you up between six and eight. So I'm going, okay, ladies, roughly around nine o'clock. Let's even go to 10. And let's go from to six to eight, so let's say seven. So I said, women need eight to 10 hours of sleep. And now, and for their cyclic hormones and adrenal hormones, it's extremely important. But guess what happens? Guys don't have that same effect. And therefore, they're, they don't have to need that amount of reserve build up because here's what happens. Uh, guys can produce testosterone, give me some LH, give me some cholesterol, give me some zinc. Yes, there's other factors. And it's produced on demand. You know, and so therefore, guess what happens? We can get away and done. Do men need sleep? Absolutely. But a man can get away with seven hours. Eight hours is ideal. 
but they still can push and not have the consequences of what women do. Now, sleep is important for both, extremely both. Um, I'm very adamant my wife and girls and stuff go to bed around time. Um, and also this. And so if you look at just certain markers, get some sleep. Guess what happens? If we look how the body's made, you want to rebuild your body. You know, we, we, we estimate, and I hate to use the word water because we don't have water in our body. We have plasma, which is not just water. But the idea is this. We have 65% water. Then we have about 28% protein. We have about a, a 10% fat, small, 4% minerals, and 1% carbohydrates. And that's how our composition our body's made. Women especially don't eat enough protein. Yes. They don't even come close. And I did a video that I was just kind of being cute and funny. I'm like, I can't trust a woman that just eats salad. I saw that. I'm, I, I, I commented on that. I am with you. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and then people say, Doc, you, I've watched your videos. You can do a plant-based proteins. Sure you can. But I didn't say plant-based proteins. I said salads. Do you say them? Because I off, we know I live this. off of beef. Like I, I, I won't even eat a salad. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, if you, and if you do eat a salad, and you do me a favor, eat a salad for six weeks, you're going to have psychological problems. Oh, man. Oh, what a disaster. And because look this way. The protein, the fat, the B vitamins, everything like that, you'd be so deficient, your body can't run. Uh, You might lose weight. Okay, and that's just, but that's by just basic, the most basic anatomical things that we can talk about that way. So ladies, work on your protein. Yes, men too, but men are more apt to eat proteins than women, okay? Um, Now, now once again, this is just me because I do love this. I do love a certain amount of fiber. So uh, I love, all right. Meats are important. I, I, I will, I'm going to tear up some, I love organ meats. I'm obsessed with organ meats. That's a whole other discussion. Um, even better than muscle meats. But, but here's what happens. But I also, I also love my fermented fibers like sauerkraut. Yeah. Oh, I see way too much benefit. I can never, because people say, well, doc, you're more carnivore. No, 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 no. Don't class. Don't put me tribal. Don't put me tribal. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm, and see, like vegans say, look at that. Doc, show us how to use um, plant-based proteins. This, that, nope, don't be tribal. See, you talk about polarization. Um, but the idea is this. So it's what we're doing there, what we're putting in our body. And then we could talk about before. Just do me a favor. There's so many stressors, physical, chemical, and emotional that we can't control. Just start pulling those away. You know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes, and someone took some things out of context one time. They said, Dr. Patrick's saying women are weak. I never said that. I never said it at all. I'm just saying that the stressors have a quicker effect of damage to your body than two males. And here's what happens. And one thing that I really realized by taking care of so many women through the years and speaking to millions of people, I get to speak all over the world, um, that when women actually are brought to their attention that these stressors are destroying their life, they're even better than males at removing them because males let themselves fall apart so much before they do anything. Women are more affected by them, so they're better to respond to them. But a lot of women don't understand or have never been explained because they went to the wrong doctor their whole life that these things are stressing out your body. And then you give women the ability and inform them. They're like, not only does it make so much sense, now they can take control of their life. Mm-hmm. And that's the message I'm just trying to give people is, is guess what happens? You can take massive control of the direction of your life. And yes, you can talk about the exceptions to the rule where people get hit by a car. But the vast majority, and this has been documented, it's even researched, 95 plus percent of all diseases are lifestyle. Amen. I totally agree with you. 
and we lifestyle our way right into them. Yes. Yep. I think, I think that's, yeah, well said. All of those things. Protect your sleep like it's your job, ladies, especially as we age, especially to my my perimenopausal and, and menopausal women. That's that's the non-negotiable. And can I can I can I interject one thing? Yeah. How much time, how much time do you have left? Oh, whatever you want. I was gonna wrap us up here soon, but you're good. <laughs> that we have to we have to talk about this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now I believe I can convince you. Okay. So so and I always tell people if I have a specific idea, I should be able to present my case and we'll see if you accept it and Dolly accepts it this way. Um, but can you do me a favor? Just from your biochemistry background, your naturopathic background, your chiropractic background, every you know, I know the same textbooks we studied from and things like that. Can you do me just a simple favor? Um, women have different stages of life. Can you name them for me? And we're talking from a hormonal standpoint. Can you can you name them for me? What's in all the textbooks? Okay. Well, you've got Give me an example. Childhood into puberty. Yes, puberty. perfect. Childhood number one. Childhood. Yeah. Okay. A young lady hits puberty. What happens? Everything, she, well, she, it's men or she, she get, yeah, she's cyclic. So she's now she's got her period. And what's the next stage of life? I would say childbearing years. Well, no, that's all part of cyclic years. What, so what's the next stage of life after that? Menopause. Thank you. Let's stop right there. <laughs> you are 100% right. 100%. I, I, you, childhood, cyclic, and, and menopausal. This concept of perimenopause is bullshit. It's wrong. <laughs> it's misleading. And there's no such thing. Zero. It's false. It's made up. It's crap. There's no such <laughs> stage of life in women when it comes to perimenopause. Do you know what perimenopause is? It's you've been led by the wrong doctors and your hormones start to go too low too early. And so therefore you're between cyclic and menopausal and you're not making that transition nicely. And so therefore they had to create a term and so therefore they created perimenopause. There is no such stage of life as perimenopause. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> I know, but see, that's the thing. In, in, because if we look at the basic biology, there's childhood years, there's cyclic years, menopause years. And yeah. saying, listen, so when I say I'm in perimenopause, I'm like, what do you mean? It means, wait, wait, who's been taking care of you for the last 20 years? Oh, my doctor. Okay, so what happens is, can I see all of your estrogens? And I want to make this point too. It was interesting because once again, this is secondary to you, but to the public, it's not even at the front of their mind. When, when I realized and started looking at my wife at endometriosis, um, I like I do it, it like you do with every patient. Hey, can I see your past history? Meaning labs and things like that that you've been through. And so, and everybody knows this. Everybody knows this. Endometriosis usually has some hormonal component and that hormone is estrogen. Yep. And that's right there is misleading and lying to women right there. Let me explain. Estrogen is not a hormone. Estrogen is not a hormone. Estrogen is a term that represents many hormones. And the sad part, see, to you, it's secondary, but we have to teach the public this. And people say, yes, right, doc, there's E1, E2, E3. No, there's not. There's many more. There's many more. And 25 years ago, I said, listen, and because Christie's estradiol, which is one of the major dominant, but it's not the only estrogen, was normal on her labs, was normal. So doctors say it's genetic because they couldn't find any major thing that was causing it. And so I said, listen, I said, doc, how can you make a judgment on my wife's body, which was to rip out her uterus when she was a teenager, okay? And I met her at 22 without measuring all of the estrogens. And yes, and here's where I 
started things very different. And I said, listen, I'm going to measure them all, E1, E2, E3, which you can get by the blood. But all the other metabolites, which everybody knows, if you know anything about breast cancer, all you have to do is Google searches. Your 4-hydroxyestradiol and estrone are probably one of the, it's, which is a metabolite, which means it metabolized through organs. And now it circulates and influences your sex characteristics and breast tissue can lead, if it's elevated, can lead to cancers and other things, including endometriosis. And so when I measured Christie's, all of her estrogens, which the only way that you can do it is by blood and urine in combination at the same time. Let me say it again. Blood and urine in combination at the same time because somebody says, oh, I had all my blood hormones done. Good, it's incomplete. How can I make a decision on your labs if you're incomplete? And see, that's just basic biochemistry. You know this, doc. You can run a urine profile to grab the metabolites. Those are medical labs. They do them everywhere. But see, because there is no drug or surgery, there's no plan in the medical field to run it, they just don't do it. Yeah. See, that's why it's kind of crazy. And so that's why I started realizing going, listen, I remember I, remember I, I, remember I called up LabCorp and I said, hey, listen, can we run these things? Their answer was this. Yes, why? Insurance doesn't pay for them. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, have a, I have a suffering girlfriend, AK, now fiance, AK wife of 22 plus years that has a condition to where all the doctors we're trying to treat with birth control. And then remember, and when you can't drug it, which means put out the fire with your hose, don't have one tool left and act surgery and want to rip it out. Yeah. What, you know, and see, that's the thing. What if my in-laws and my wife would have trusted her doctor because he's an expert? I wouldn't have four beautiful girls today. See, so once again, and I'm not saying, go back to my example, I'm not saying medicine doesn't have a place, but gosh, the concept of making decisions on women's bodies. Estrogens, as you know, Doc, I've seen you teach it. Estrogens affect you physically and psychologically. How can we chemically or even naturally alter things, influence or support things without having proper measurements? That's why I'm such a big lab addict. Do you know what I'm saying? Because now we can pinpoint you. So yeah, I don't it, believe in perimenopause. I don't believe the way that our modern day even... Even natural people test hormones. I don't. I don't believe either camps are doing it right and stuff. I just believe it. And then when I, when I teach this stuff, it, both camps and the public say, makes sense. My thoughts on perimenopause are that it was a term I really wasn't introduced to until more recent years. So I agree with you that it was a bit made up. Um, I will say that my goal has always been to gently ease my way into my periods just stopping. I don't intend on having perimenopause. So I get asked all the time, are you perimenopausal? I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, skip, I skip a period now and then, but I'm freaking regular and they're good and they're as good as they've ever been and they're with the moon cycle. And I, you know, in one day, I hope it stops. And I watch my... Yeah. And you take care of yourself. I take very good care of myself. You yeah. take care of yourself. So you're going to transition better than 99% of the people because 99% of people are not guided into it. And if you think about it, Doc, and, and I know you know this, and I've, I've heard you say this, think of this way. Menopause by nature is actually easier to keep those things stable. And then what transitions into there, if the hormones stay stable, man, women can 
can do even better things because they don't have such a demand on their hormonal system to maintain their sex characteristics. And so that's why it's like there's a great transition. But 99% of the public is not being treated and taken care of like you or my wife and things like that. See, so to us, this is so simple. But to the world, it's like, this is crazy stuff. No, you only think it's crazy because you're not taught to think like this. But if you ration through the basic textbooks and and biochemistry and anatomy and physiology, you go, right, Doc, perimenopause is not a stage of life. It's just that they had to describe why women are suffering so badly. Mm-hmm. And remember, when we think about this, perimenopause used to be, used to be just before menopause. Now they're subscribing at women in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. Just like no, this. Absolutely. Doc, I turned 50 in um, August. So well, I'm just a little bit younger. Okay, yes. <laughs> but the idea is this, I, my testosterone levels are at 8, 8, 8, um, 851. <laughs> I go 100 miles an hour. My energy, my labs are fantastic. But here's what happens. Um. I want you to think about this, is when we started practice, you and I started practice, type 2 diabetes was called adult onset. And because people, because of our current dominant medical fire department thinking, people's houses are so rotten out now, they had to get rid of that term because now children, uh, teenagers and children have it. And we see chronic illness starting earlier and earlier. So even when I started practice, perimenopause was known like a year or two before you were cyclic, yeah. before your menopause. And now it's like, I have women that come out with diagnosis at 25 years old, they're perimenopause. And from their concept of telling them, yeah, you're low on hormones way too early. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's your hormones are screwed. I, I did know the term perimenopause, but like you said, it was just a quick transition term. It, it now it's women's horn. They just go through like a hellish menopause, but they want to call it perimenopause, and it, it's just a hellish menopause. I watched my mother go through it. Just a hellish long transition. It was terrible, and. Then I saw other women in clinical practice who were just like, oh yeah, I just stopped bleeding one day. I'm like, that's the goal. <laughs> that's it. That's what I'm after. Like, I just want to stop bleeding one day and be done and move on. And I'm good with taking my bioidentical hormones to keep my skin nice and my heart healthy and all that jazz. But yeah, it's it's really this long drawn out hormonal disaster. You make a good point. And, 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 and if you were to just recognize those women that had a disaster, Who's taking care of them? Me, you, or conventional oh, no. doctors? Conventional doctors, well, we're we're the same age, you know. They wanted to just cut all those women's ovaries and, and uteruses out, which is so weird. It's acceptable as a normal practice. That's how crazy it's gotten. Do they still do it? Do they still do hysterectomies? I don't even know. Goodness, like crazy. They really do. It's wild. What a, like, why? I never got, my mother refused and she had to kind of go to bat with her doctor about it. And I was like, why is this even a conversation? Like, what is the upside? What on earth would that accomplish? Besides, I guess, making the hell stop? Yeah, well, on top of it, you know, I tell people is this. I would have no problem people, a doctor trying to give medical advice as far as like what they're trying to accomplish. But please do me a favor. Please do me a favor. Also let me know the consequences. Let me give you an example. Um, we know this. I think that in digestive health, there's one organ that has been so underrated and also so overlooked. And, and so let's talk about this. So all of a sudden, somebody has some major abdominal pain. They go in, no problem. Go in the doctor, they look, and it's like, oh my goodness, we need to rip out your gallbladder, okay? Um, now here's what happens this. 
They say, don't worry. You'll be just fine with all that. Lie. Oh my God, it's such a lie. It's a disaster. But let's look at the, let's look what happens, okay? People say, doc, the gallbladder is just a storage unit. Wow. Then you don't understand the amazingness of the body. The reason why you had so much pain, Miss Jones, is because there is a significant amount of nerve endings in there because really it's a sensory organ. It senses the minute that any form of fat moves into your digestive tract and therefore it senses and releases the stored bile at a perfect timing to help you emulsify, which is just like taking Dawn dish soap on grease and breaks it apart. And now your, your longer chain fats turn into more fatty acids for absorption. And now your fat soluble vitamins, vitamin A, D, K, and E are absorbed. And therefore, guess what? It's a beautiful organ and it's such, it's needed so perfectly for a fat soluble vitamins. And most people are already fat soluble vitamin deficient because they don't yep. eat enough, which once again, I, I apologize, but for my vegan crowd, um, you do not get vitamin A from carrots. You get beta carotene. <laughs> vitamin A is called retinol. You get a pro-vitamin called beta carotene. And if you're lucky, if you're healthy, you can change 3% over. So you never get enough fat soluble yeah. vitamins from, and uh, we can, we, I can teach you nutritional stuff to the damn dead on this. But <laughs> the idea is this, but go back to gallbladder. So therefore, one of the consequences, one of the consequences of removal of gallbladder, and let's just talk about it. It's well known. It's called anal leakage. Yeah. Now, let me explain why. You still have bile produced. And, and one thing also that happens is also infections. Why? Because bile is very antiseptic. Bile is also a slip and slide. So you have constipation. And they, then it can go right to diarrhea because now your liver has no idea when to release because your liver is not the sensory organ for your small intestine, your gallbladder is. So therefore your liver just dumps a whole bunch of it into your small intestine and here comes a slip and slide and all of a sudden you have too much dumped out at one time and it just happens to leak out. And these are all the consequences. Now, people say, doc, have you ever seen people that have had such bad stones that they need it removed? Yes. I had a person come in because they had an ultrasound done and they came and looked at me. I said, guys, listen, I agree with your doctor on his medical advice, not mine, that these stones are so large that you could take Hutka, you could take dandelion root, you could do all the things that, you could take absolutely you do all the things that possibly break them up. Good luck. I don't think it's accomplishable and stuff. Yeah. I'm not saying don't try. I'm just saying, I'm thinking it even may be a waste of money. See, so there are, but here's my point. Ms. Jones, who've been under the care for the last 20 years? That's why you have it, because we understand the hypochlorhydria, not a stomach acid. We understand a high sugar carbohydrate diet actually creates bile sludge um, and also liver sludge that leads to that way. We see low fat diets don't release the bile. See, so we have all this guidance that led to them to build the stones anyways. See, so I said, there's this concept of ripping organs out and trying to maintain health makes no sense. So. And yes, I gave you an extreme example where there are some times that it's needed. But then here's what happens. If you've had your gallbladder removed, are you taking some form of ox bile, some por a gallbladder support process every time you eat a fat? Mm -hmm. No? Then you're not even getting, you can now change your nutrition and even eat the healthiest fats on the planet. And all you're doing is making fatty stool. Yep. Because you're going in and going out. 
And that's why you need to take a little ox bile before each meal. For how, for how long, Doc? As long as you're going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> I take ox bile and I have my gallbladder. <laughs> I think, I, I think. I take tutka and ox bile because once again, um, same. if you want to, because tutka thins, tutka yeah. thins the, the bile coming through that way. And it just is so much better. And yeah, there's, there's wonderful things. And, and like I said, I tell people, look at this. Do you understand if you drink dandelion tea, it's a great stimulant to release bile. And so I always tell people, and, and see, there's so many great things that you can do. It's like, I'm going to have green tea before I go to bed at night because the, um, the apogens, everything that exists in there are very calming to the brain. Um, things that, see, we're talking about all these great lifestyle things that just help you maintain it. And it keeps your house built with good lumber. Yeah, I love it. I love it. No, that's all great. I, I, I think that the, I, I'm with you on all of it. <laughs> That's it. I, I, this is the way I practice medicine and this is what I believe. And it's just, it's good common sense. I think our grandparents knew a lot of this and we've sort of lost our way. And uh, I'm so glad to, I think that's why I really resonated with your page is I'm like, he's like a good old school chiropractor, you know? And I, the reason I, the reason I laughed earlier was because I remember being in chiropractic college in bone pathology and you know how that was like a pretty hardcore class, you know, it's like six hours a week of x-rays and looking at pathology from the bones, which was so interesting. And I was learning it concurrently at Naturopath. I went to both schools concurrently and I was learning it from the outside and through laboratory tests at the same time. So it was really a great year of education. And I remember raising my hand in chiropractic college constantly saying, hey, you know, we're looking at rheumatoid arthritis. And I'm like, doesn't what you eat impact this severely? And they'd be like, oh no, this is the chiropractors. This is my chiropractic instructors. Oh no. Oh no. And they would just move on. And I was like, what is going on? So I feel like, I feel like the, I feel bad for the modern patient because they are, everybody's been indoctrinated to some degree and we're losing our way as, as holistic practitioners, but I'm glad that. I feel, I feel bad for the modern chiropractic student. Oh yeah. It was in turn leads to modern chiropractic patients and the misconception, because you know, it's really funny. You know, if you look at Carol's history, they used to look at healthcare when it became a dominant thing based on the factors of, of, of you know, how they take care of people. And Duran, guys, look at the history. This is basic history. Rockefellers just took it over because petroleum products became medicines and stuff. And here's what happened. And that's just basic history. Okay. And then they tried to crush chiropractic, but the, it didn't crush it because of what it did. But then what happens is insurance, everything came in. They said, we want a piece of that. Mm -hmm. And money always, if you ever look at the root of where things start, money's always at the root of it. And, um, and you know, people say, Doc, but you did really well financially. Yeah, because I just stood up what was right. And enough people are going to find you. And then if you get clinical results, no media can ever suppress you. Doc, oh, yeah. no media is ever going to suppress you. No me has ever suppressed me because if they took us off every platform, guess what happens? I'm going to sit there. We still have the First Amendment. I'm going to sit there and talk the same way we do. This just gives us a little bit more platform. But remember, we were here before social media. We were yep. here before the internet. And we did just fine. Yep. Yep. Somebody asked me years ago when this all started. I mean, it was very evident, right? In early 2020 that we were being censored and I was talking about it. I'm like, something is up. And I remember somebody saying, aren't you afraid of being canceled? And I was like, oh, honey, you can't cancel me. <laughs> That's never going to happen. <laughs> I'm not a gym subscription. You can't cancel me. Yes, Anne? Because, because the cool thing is this. I'll shut up when I die. 
Exactly. Because we do follow all the laws. We do follow all the rules that way oh, yeah. and stuff. And it's like, that's why I went skin, you know, it's, and, and don't, they'll come after you and try to make up stuff and things like that. And, and uh, no joke, I had a person make a very nasty comment on the internet uh, the other day about me uh, because they, uh, the Press Gazette here wrote an article about said, chiropractor says mace people if you don't, you know, put, they tell you put on a mask. No, once again, and see, nice thing about media, why it has no credibility. I had a doctor that actually she was a, she was a preceptor, going to be a doctor soon, just go to a store that didn't require a mask and a stalker followed her to a different store and she went to walk into another store and grabbed her by the arm. Oh no. And I'm like, I'm like, you had mace. Why didn't you mace him? And he was, because he was braiding her bone, put your mask on, put this, this, this. And when she left that store, but the store didn't require it, and she went to another store, the person followed her. And so I said, listen, you should have maced her. And of course, once again, they'll take everything out of context. I said, yeah, if that guy yelled at you, put on a mask and grabbed you by the arm, which is assault, because I have a very good friend who's a sheriff of one of the major counties here. He goes, that's truly assault. Yeah. Because I said, yeah, you should have maced him. So I love the story. It brought a great attention. And now I can tell the truth. Yeah. So they'll always try it because they think that people will run. Why? Because you can write something bad. I guess what happens. You come find the truth and you'll know. So yep. it's been great. Amen. I love it. Well, Dr. Flynn, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad we got to spend some time together. I've, I'm Like I said, I'm a huge fan. Let everybody know where they can find you. So what platforms are you still on? <laughs> Well, it's just, you know, it's just listed Dr. Patrick Flynn on Instagram is my age page, you know, and I'll have it so long, but here's what happens. I do have my website just called The Wellness Way. Um, uh, okay. We put everything up on there. Uh, it's just uh, my major page with, uh, you know, all the clinic stuff and things like that. But I put a lot of videos out and everything, just free information that way. And and uh, for people to take control of their own health and th stuff, I'm, I'm obviously a addict for testing. So therefore it's, uh, I like to explain tests and stuff to people and everything, but just like I said, the wellnessway.com, um, my new book comes out in April. We had a number one international bestseller called I disagree and not a joke. My head journalist right here that you've talked to Aaron. Um, we, we have our second book coming out, which we know will be a, a big hit too, because my first book, there was no publisher that even wanted to touch it. Second publisher, we had our second book. We had publishers fighting over it, but I wouldn't let them. We still self publish it. Good. And the topic, and here's the title: I still disagree. <laughs> and we got more things. You know, Sam. Um, so once again, we're going to continue to have that come out in April. Um, but the nice thing is this: like I said just thewellnessway.com um, because I have a show on Saturdays where I just teach you know information like this out there. And chiropractors, naturopaths, medical doctors, they follow it, they share it with their patients because what it does is doctors like you, the stuff I talked about can be done by you every day. You do it every day. Yeah. So therefore it's like, hey doc, can I get those hormone tests, that uh, thing? Yeah, come on in. You do it that way. Cool, cool. And so that and people like you and other wonderful doctors um, can do these things because they just have a different perspective on it. I love it. Well, you are a true rebel and there are so few of us left. So I appreciate you for that. I'm glad you're on this planet with me. And I will make sure all the links are in the show notes for everybody to find you. And thank you once again for being on the show and help me kick off 2024. Thank you. Appreciate being a colleague to such a wonderful person as you are. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. 
The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Do you suffer from IBS or other digestive issues? Are you looking for a new podcast to listen to? From the producer of The Dr. Tina Show comes the all-new health and nutrition podcast, Digest This, hosted by Bethany Ugardi. You may know Bethany as the face of the popular Instagram page, Lil Sipper, or you may have even read her book. Now you can find her wherever you get your podcasts. On Digest This, Bethany examines topics such as gut health, nutrition, the food industry, and highlights specific ingredients that can be beneficial or harmful to your gut health. She also explores non-toxic options in beauty, home, and cooking essentials. If it has to do with your health, Digest This is talking about it. Each episode features an interview with health experts, doctors, and wellness advocates and delivers you information that is, well, easy to digest. Bethany also delivers a weekly segment every episode called Bite of Knowledge, where she highlights an ingredient commonly used in food, skin care, household cleaning, you name it, and gives you the lowdown on the benefits or dangers that ingredient might have in your everyday life. From Botox, potassium, olive oil, and magnesium, all the way to those ingredients you can barely pronounce on the back of your cereal boxes, Bethany has you covered. There's a reason why it debuted at number two on Apple Podcast Nutrition Charts. Check out Digest This on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media.